Welcome to Small Business Big Challenge, the podcast that gives you the right tools, the knowledge, and the confidence to start and grow your small business. Because what stands between you and your most ambitious dreams has less to do with having a genius idea and far more about how you approach problems, make decisions to solve them, and have the courage to implement them. So without further ado, from the beautiful village of Cuba, New York, your host, Lionel Legree. In our previous episode, we reviewed a list of 10 questions to help you decide if you should make the jump to become an entrepreneur. This week, we will investigate why you may still have some hesitations and how to address them. This episode is for all the entrepreneurs at heart that have not made the first step yet. Last week in episode 6, Are You Ready to Start Your Own Business?, we offered 10 questions to gauge your readiness. The questions were, are you meant to be an entrepreneur? Are you physically and emotionally ready and able to work hard? Do you have the necessary time and energy? Are you passionate and resilient? Do you have a good idea or skills that solves a problem? What makes you unique in your industry or community? Do you have the skills to manage a small business? Can you assemble the right team to start your small business? Do you have the required skills to start a small business? And can you secure the proper financing? So if you know that opening a small business is the next logical thing in your career, and calculated risks excite you more than they scare you, you already know that you're an entrepreneur at heart. So what holds you back from realizing your dreams? Today, we will assess what really holds you back to get you going forward. So grab a cup of coffee, sit down in a comfy chair, and let's have a nice conversation with complete honesty. The first question, probably the most obvious one is, do you fear financial failure? You will probably need to invest some of your personal money in your business. Lenders and investors won't lend you money if they don't see that you have skin in the game. You might have read that according to the data from the Bureau of Labor Statistics, about 20% of small businesses fail in their first year, and about 50% of small businesses fail in their fifth year. Does that scare you? Instead of thinking of the glass half-empty, why don't you think of the glass half full? Those statistics mean that 80% of small businesses make it a year, and 70% make it two years, and 50% make it past five years, and 30% make it past 10 years. The statistics also depend on your industry. 85% of small businesses in healthcare and social assistance make it to their fifth year anniversary versus 35% of small businesses in construction. In the middle ground, you have the food industry with 50% chances. You might have another hesitation. You may think that your gender or skin color will make it more difficult to succeed. 
Well, if you do, you would be right. This game is rigged. Your chances for financial help depend on your gender and your skin color. For example, women-led startups received 2.3% of venture capital funding in 2020, but started 40% of the businesses in the U.S. They also got fewer loans. And the lack of access to money make them miss out when there's opportunities and fail when the times are harder. Here's another example. From 2014 to 2018, about 20% of the black population in the U.S. started businesses. And that's compared to roughly 12% of the white population and nearly 13% of the Latino population. Could it be because the black population tends to have higher unemployment rates and lower average earnings and they try to make a better life for themselves? But because black entrepreneurs tend to be younger and at the beginning of their career, while white entrepreneurs are more likely to be in the middle of their career with more experience and personal funds, that makes the loans of the white entrepreneurs, in average, more attractive. Fairness is not the name of the game. But let me tell you, tenacity is how you win it. To tell you the truth, failure scares me all the time. What if I don't have enough money to stay in business? What if I lose my capital investment? What if there's a fire or a flood? What if? What if? It seems there's only one way to succeed, but so many ways to fail. When you pour so much sweat into a project, every rejection and every negative comment hits you right in the face. So how should you address your fear of financial failure? Well, first of all, don't be scared of statistics. Yes, statistics are telling a story, but they're not telling your story. Let me give you an example. In 2016, among all states, 58% of candidates passed the bar exam. That doesn't mean that I would have 58% chances to pass it. No, I would have 0% chance to pass it. While a hardworking candidate that's probably prepared would have way more than 58% chances to pass. Skills and hard work give a different outcome in this example and will make a big difference in your story. I don't believe you need an MBA to successfully start a small business, but I believe there are tons of skills you need to learn, especially in leadership development. And you need the right mindset to surround yourself with the right coach, the right mentor, the right partners, the right experts and employees that will make the difference in your company. Remember that even as a sole proprietor, business is a team sport. Another way to address your fear of financial failure is to adopt the lean or agile mentality. And we will have an entire episode on this topic, because in 2022, it is insane not to adopt the lean methods and mentality in every aspect of your business. Lean is about taking small bets, test them and learn from them quickly and do everything over and over again. This method reduces your exposure because you take small risks and quickly learn from them. Lean focuses on creating value, which is what the customer wants, and everything else is called waste. 
Let me give you a good example of lean mentality for a startup. When Zappos, the famous online shoe e-commerce, set out to sell shoes online during the early days of the internet, it didn't build a large warehouse and started to build inventory while developing an expensive e-commerce platform before they launched. Instead, it started by testing a small and big assumption. Will people buy shoes online even if they don't touch them or try them on? Their experiment involved creating a very basic online store using photos from a local shoe retailer. When the company would sold a pair of shoes through the website, it would buy the shoes at retail and mail them out. It's a very simple approach, but that validated their model. They grew the company, eventually sold it to Amazon. So by testing your ideas with cheap, easy, and quick experiments, you can mitigate your risks and increase chances of success and your confidence. Another way to win over your fear of financial failure is to have a plan to succeed but prepare to fail. In the episode about risk management, we saw that you can accept the risk, but you also have to prepare a plan B. After you test your ideas, you can make a winning plan, which will be your business plan, but you also have to make a fail plan. The fail plan would bring you back on your feet and lead you to your next venture. Of course, you will keep your plan B to yourself, but it switches your mentality from either I win or I fail to I win or I pivot to another direction. Another solution is to put distance between you and your company. And that's easier said than done. In our first episode, we established that companies are citizens. And sometimes it might be less hurtful to hear a harsh criticism about someone else or feel that rejection is against the company and not you personally. Another reason for your hesitation would be the fear of the embarrassment of failure. I often compare business relationships to personal relationships as they evolved in a very similar way in the last century. If you look at marriages, for example, according to the CDC, the average life of a marriage is in this country is 8.2 years. And this includes the one to three years it takes for the divorce to be final. Should it stop people from getting married? Well, according to the statistics, it does not. Additionally, you cannot think that the end of a story means it's a failure. Otherwise, you would never have a successful vacation. So stop gauging the success of a company by how long it lasts, but the impact that it has on your life and the life of your customers, employees, and your community. And yes, just like a relationship, you should do everything possible to make an impactful business last as long as possible. And how do you do this? Well, it's all about risk management. And for more information, go see the episode four about how to approach risk and create a, business, a risk management plan. You can maximize your chances of staying in business by looking why other small businesses failed so you can better prepare yourself. 
So here's the list of the main reasons why small business failed. They failed because there's no market need for their services or products. They failed because they ran out of cash. They failed because they didn't have the right team running the business. They failed because they're outcompeted. They failed because the pricing and the cost structure isn't right. They failed because of a poor product offering. They sometimes fail because they lack a business model. They also sometimes fail because of a poor marketing or just because they ignore their customers. If you look at this list, the number one reason that small business failed is because they're not well prepared. It's all about the market need, the pricing, and the cost structure. And that has to be scoped when you, before you launch your business. The second reason is to run out of cash, and that can be prepared and mitigated with good financial projections. The other reasons are really all about leadership. Good leadership will help you create and run the winning team. These are two topics we will focus in future episodes. We saw in episode four about risk management that another way to act on risk is to share it, share the threats and the opportunities too. Once you have a good business plan, you can present it to potential investors or lenders. If they review your plan and want to invest in your idea, you know you have something going on and that should boost your confidence. If they reject your proposal, don't get discouraged. Ask for some feedback, modify your idea, and try again, again, and again. Another way to manage your fear of failure is by learning a new perspective on risk assessment. You might currently be risk averse. For example, in the pandemic, many businesses stopped projects and cut budgets. This helped maintain the business, but it creates stagnation and that may result in missed opportunities. Or maybe you risk erratic, where all risks are opportunities, you win some and lose some. While these two behaviors are common ways to look at current opportunities and hazards, I offer you to transfer your thinking into a risk-positive approach. The risk-positive approach quiets the fear of immediate danger and looks forward at current and future opportunities and hazards. It is to stop operating from what has worked in the past and embrace transformation over predictability. A famous example is the one of Ford and Chevrolet during the Great Depressions of the 1920s. Prior to the Depression, Ford was outselling Chevrolet 10 to 1. And during the Depression, Ford slowed its advertising budget while Chevrolet expanded it. Ford demonstrated the risk-averse decision-making process. They assumed that customers would be unable to purchase cars during the Depression, so it made sense in the short term to cut the advertising prop budget. Chevrolet chose instead the risk-positive approach. Chevrolet assumed that people would still need to purchase cars during the Depression, even though they might do it in lower quantities. The risk-positive approach also took into consideration that while the revenue opportunities at the immediate moment didn't appear to increase, they evaluated that the future opportunities for revenue were significant enough to continue advertising. 
Chevrolet looked past the potential threats of the immediate moment to base advertising decisions on future opportunities. Embracing this risk-positive approach allowed them to take the lead in the sales by 1931. So here's your homework. There are four important concepts you need to apply. One, you need to change your relationship with risks. You need to be risk positive. And that might take a long time to process, but you have to study and experiment in your everyday life. Two, you need to start learning about the lean mentality and methods. It completely changed the way I think of everything, and it helped me take on bigger and more complex projects. Instead of taking huge risks, take small bets and test your ideas with well-crafted experiments that will give you quick results. Then you can analyze your results and craft your next experiment accordingly. Small failures will lead you to eventually a great idea that works, and then you can easily scale it up. Three, don't fear statistics. Statistics are telling a story, but not your story. Instead, Use them for, to your advantage. Understand why other small businesses failed so you can better prepare to prevent their story to become your story. And four, prepare a good business plan and a worst-case scenario plan. And we will reserve an entire episode on business plans. I like saying that if taking risks excites you more than it scares you, you may be an entrepreneur. And that's true. I'm asking you to change your relationship with risks and become risk positive, which means not being risk averse and not being risk blind, but becoming aware of them and managing them properly. Remember that managing a small business is to constantly reduce threats and maximize opportunities. To learn more about risk management, I recommend the episode four on how to approach risk and make a risk management plan. Fundamentally, a startup is an experiment, and any good experiment has inherent risks, risk being threats and opportunities. We learned today that the number one reason a startup fails is because it sells a product or service not enough people want. In 2022, with the advancement of technology, an entrepreneur should never question his idea and ask himself, can I build it? But should ask himself, should I build it? The famous American engineer and professor, Dr. Edwards Deming, used to say, the customer is the most important part of the production line. And he's correct. In every step of your journey as an entrepreneur, keep focusing on the customers as they will be the ones deciding the fate of your company. But I have one crucial ask here. During your journey to become a small business owner, paved with hard work, deceptions, and thrilling moments, I implore you to never lose your sense of wonder. Dr. Deming said it better when he said, we must preserve the power of intrinsic motivation, dignity, cooperation, curiosity, joy in learning that people are born with. 
Thanks a lot for listening to the show today. If you like this episode, head to Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts and hit subscribe. Leave a rating and a comment while you're there. It really helps new listeners to find the show. You can also join us at smallbusinessbigchallenge.com for more content or to leave a message with your ideas and what you'd like to hear next. If you are starting, running, or supporting a small business, this is your show. So be our next guest and share your story. For more information, go to smallbusinessbigchallenge.com. podcast is provided for general informational purpose only. It does not constitute professional advice or services. Listeners should seek the appropriate legal or other professional advice on their particular facts and circumstances. We disclaim any and all liability or responsibility for any individual's use of the information presented in this podcast. This podcast is for private non-commercial use and our guests do not necessarily reflect any agency or organization or company that they work for.